All right, everyone, here we are for my next weekly episode that's coming right at you right now. Um, I'm going to start out here with uh, this company that I used to work for, Mountland Supply. If you want to see what they have, mountlandsupply.com. They have pretty much everything you need from your agricultural to your construction needs, plumbing, um, I mean, pretty much everything you might need around the house, around the farm, uh, they have it. They've got tubs, showers, fixtures. I mean, everything you can think of that way. They've also got stores pretty much about all over the Wasatch Front. Um, let's see, what do they got here? They have locations. Um, northern region, which is the northern part of Utah here. Uh, well, actually, their northern region says Orm down on Center Street. They also have Spanish Fork, West Jordan, Salt Lake. Um, like I say, they've got all kinds of stores. Kaysville, Far West, Pocatello now, Burley, Idaho Falls, Nampa, and... Nampa Mountland Pump and Drilling Supplies. So they also do pumps, all kinds of stuff. So if you need any of those kind of goods, uh, faucets, anything like that, also for your home. Sprinkler Supplies, they have a turf section also. So any of your goods, mountlandsupply.com. You can look at their products. Uh, you can give one of the local stores a call and just ask them what you need. They'll take care of you. So we'll get right to our episode here in just one moment. Okay, so today's topic might be a little bit loaded for some people um, because it's going to be about a lot of mental health problems that seems to be getting worse, not just here in the United States, but everywhere. Uh, partially probably because of lockdowns, mask mandates, vaccine man mandates from, you know, multiple countries. So it's not something I think we're just going to be seeing a higher uptick here in the United States, but all around the world, just due to people can't live their lives. And the media is not helping any matters. They're, they're pushing the, the, you know, all the same BS too, but I think more and more people, I think, are starting to do their own research and starting to figure out what's real, what's not real. Um, I guess kind of to start this off, so the other day I caught an article that is, uh, it's called What You Learn After 350 Hours of Listening to Joe Rogan. So the funny thing about this was, so I started reading through it, and the so it's on the verge, uh, the article is, but the person that actually, um, the main person, I guess, works for Media Matters, he's the guy that went through supposedly 350 hours of Joe Rogan. Uh, I'll just kind of go through part of this article to kind of set this up on what they're saying. Though I don't know if you listen to Joe Rogan or not, but he gets a lot of different people on there, you know, and I it just seems like they got to attack him because he's not sticking with the left wing narrative, you know, and the more progressive stuff. 
So I guess, uh, first of all, I ought to talk about who this Media Matters company is in the first place. Uh, so you can go and look them up. It says Media Matters for America is a web-based, not-for-profit 501c3 progressive research and information center dedicated to comprehensively monitoring, analyzing, and correcting conservative misinformation in the U.S. media. Uh, they consider misinformation because it doesn't agree with them. That's that's kind of what I've got out of all this article and stuff here. So uh, they've been around since 2004. Um, so they're, I guess they're Media Matters for America. But the, their article saying, so I went to their site. This is the, about them. So this is them writing this piece. So launched in May 2004, Media Matters for America put in place for the first time the means to systematically monitor a cross-section of print, broadcast, cable, radio, and internet media outlets for conservative misinformation, news or commentary that is not accurate, reliable, or credible, and that forwards the conservative agenda every day in real time. So basically all they're trying to do is, they're like the fact checkers that you get all the time that say, oh, this is false, or it's only partially true, or missing context and stuff. That's what these people are. So if it's not the main narrative, it's not, if you're not a Fauciite, or something like that, you're spreading disinformation. Even though most of this other stuff, you know, people, they don't want people to have the right to choose to do stuff. Uh, you know, especially with medicine and different things like that. Um, so, okay, so the rest of their little about them thing goes. Using the, the website MediaMatters.org as the principal vehicle for disseminating research and information, Media Matters posts rapid response items as well as longer research and analytic reports documenting conservative misinformation throughout the media. Additionally, Media Matters works daily to notify activists, journalists, pundits, and the general public about instances of misinformation, providing them with the resources to rebut false claims and to take direct action against offending media institutions. Uh, so, I mean, realistically, there's not a whole lot of conservative, I would say, media. Independent ones, more or less, you know, but Fox News, out of all the news, I guess you could say news media channels, is the only thing that's not a left-leaning organization. I mean, your CNN, NBC, ABC, all those big major companies all lean to the left. And they're, you, I mean, if you even watch them anymore, you can see in their reporting and how they report things. Most stuff is more of an opinion than it is the actual what happened. Uh, and it's, it's gone kind of off the rails, if you ask me. So I don't know what they're really trying to do but you know i mean other than this basically most of the articles even if you go to mediamatters.org and just look about through their uh what they are putting on their their news site supposedly news anyways that it's basically just attacking fox news tucker carlson anybody that they basically don't agree with <laughs> so it's kind of funny that 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 way anyways so anyways well, let's go back to the the verge article here so i'm just going to start reading some of this so um this article was actually put together by ashley carmen um she's the one that works for the verge but she is interviewing this other guy that's name is uh let's see where is it here i don't remember but he's the guy that did the 
Oh, geez, where is it now? Anyways, I'll just start reading the articles and uh, this article anyways, and just you'll you'll kind of get the gist of it here. So it goes, here I am, back again in your inbox on a Tuesday in the final weeks before Christmas, New Year's, and for you business folks, the end of the quarter. For today's hot pod, I interview the Media Matters researcher who listened to over 350 hours of the Joe Rogan experience this year and reported back on what we're all missing. He says the show, for those of us who aren't spending our time there, is currently best described as a cesspool of toxic masculinity that discusses elk hunting, oh my goodness, mixed martial arts, anti-trans views, and harmful health information about the coronavirus pandemic. I mean, you can kind of see where this is going already. Well, also discuss separate, but in some cases related, Spotify situations and more greenwashing in podcast ads. More, more, more. Just in time for the season of giving. Let's get to it. I don't even know what greenwashing is. I've never even heard of that before. <laughs> is that uh, saying that all the green energy crap is kind of crap? <laughs> I don't know. Not all of it really is, but I'm, I'm guessing that's what greenwashing means. Um, article keeps going. As you all well know, Joe Rogan is the most popular podcaster in the U.S. and likely the world. He made his name interviewing major guests and for his off-the-cuff, at times controversial, takes on the world. Spotify reportedly paid him $100 million to bring his show to the platform exclusively, which resulted in it distributing a popular but contentious program. The platform keeps getting flack over what his star podcaster says, mostly because it's spending so much money to keep him there and specifically courted this. They don't... I mean... To me, it just seems they want to attack Joe Rogan because he'll bring conservative people on there and talk to him, along with progressive and lefties and stuff like that. So it's not like he's favoring people on the right. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just like I say, there's some kind of a mental thing going on in the world, especially in our media. And uh, I think a lot of these people that write these articles are a lot younger. So they've come out of these left wing colleges, uh, you know, as journalists they claim but realistically uh, their journalism teaching or whatever they learned at college comes out through no this is how i feel and what you're saying is wrong because i feel this way not actual facts if you actually watch the joe rogan podcast which i have been following for probably the last year and actually watch it as it's going through and i watch it long version because i got plenty of time at work to do that so I listen and hear the whole context of it. Because he, if he doesn't understand something or if somebody's talking too fast or if there's, you know, he stops the whoever he's interviewing and he makes sure that they kind of break down what they're talking about. So you're getting people like this that are coming in, listening to 350 hours, but if I remember right, down here farther in the article, it says that he re, he was listening to all of it at two two times speed. So he's listening to it super fast to get through 350 hours of it. And if he even actually listened to it. So you're not really going to get the context of what's going on if you're listening to it at extra speed, like you're trying to just get through it. You're not really listening to it. <laughs> Uh, so anyways, con this one goes on. Many of us who know this context might be curious to hear what Rogan is really up to on his podcast, only to then see his episodes can span hours and post multiple times per week. So enter Alex Patterson. Okay, he's the guy I was looking for. 
a researcher at Media Matters who beat as of the past year or so has included listening to Rogan and reporting back on everything he's hearing. That work culminated in a story last week called Joe Rogan Wrapped, a year of COVID-19 misinformation, right-wing myths, and anti-trans rhetoric. Um, okay, let's break that down. The year of COVID-19 misinformation. So if you're questioning the narrative which is, I mean, like I've gone through this with a past episode, Joe Rogan caught COVID-19. He used ivermectin and a bunch of other crap, monoclonal antibodies, and you know a whole bunch of different things got, got well pretty quick, like within a day. Um, and I think this upsets people that don't want to try something different. They don't go out of the box that they've been put them put themselves in and let especially government officials put them in instead of trying to think for themselves, use a little bit of logic and common sense and, you know, try something else. If if there's something your doctor's going to say, hey, he went to his doctor, they tried some things. He's talked to people that know about these drugs and different things and have tried, you know, with, especially with the hydroxychloroquine, People flip their lids about that. That was misinformation that's not proven, blah, blah, blah. But a lot of people that claim they'd use that with other things, zinc and different things to make it absorb into the system, have claimed they didn't get sick while they were taking that. Whether that's a fluke or whatever, I don't know. Um, and sometimes people have said, okay, once I got off of that, then I got sick. Like I say, we don't, we don't know for sure. I mean, but... If it worked for them or they think it worked for them, who gives a crap? And then the right-wing myth. I don't know exactly what he's where he's going with that. Uh, and the anti-trans rhetoric. So his his anti-trans rhetoric, I'm, I'm assuming because of the episodes I've listened to of his, that that means <clears throat> he claims that a man is a man and a woman is a woman. And he's really going after the ones that are going the trans men that are going into women's sports because that's been another big thing. I mean, there's another guy now. Uh, his big thing was is he seen. I can't remember who the the fighter was, but as a trans man went into the UFC and is totally beating the bejesus out of women. And we're we're supposed to be putting these people up on a pedestal, you know, as the special class of people and it's not that we can't treat them as people but there has to be a line somewhere and he's trying to discern that he's like look if you want to do this stuff he's never said anything like oh i hate these people or whatever he's just like look we got to you know kind of protect our women for the most part and we got to know that biologically men are going to have more advantage over biological women. It's just the way we've always been designed. And it don't matter what you've done to yourself and what you feel like you are, you are physically more than likely going to be stronger than a woman. Most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time. And, you know, I mean, D Dave Chappelle went through, uh, them trying to cancel him too because he had a bit one of his stand-ups i think it was one of his latest ones he's done about trans people and he actually has had a trans friend that he talks about in this bit 
and saying that he, you know, and towards the end of his bit, he's like, look, you know, I don't know what happened. You know, I just quit hearing from this person, but they ended up committing suicide. And that's another part of this whole mental health thing, because statistically showing there's, you know, I mean, I, people have talked about it before that they, you know, doctors and different people are like, look, there's possibly something, you know, chemical imbalance or mental something or the other that is causing these people to think this way, but it's too taboo to do any kind of studies on it. And it's not saying that they're not people or that we can't be compassionate towards them. But to just outright deny that maybe there's something wrong with them. And like I say, this isn't being like condescending, I guess. But nature has got a scientific, scientifically proving men and women. And it takes a man and a woman to recreate, not because you think you're one thing or the other. Does that make any sense? Um, Anyways, let's go back to this article. Um, This girl says, I caught up with Patterson the day after the story ran and chatted with him to get a better sense of what he's seen. He tells me he listened to the episodes as soon as they come out on 2x speed to catch everything Rogan says. Now, is that 2x speed going faster or slower? (laughs) If you're going faster, you're not catching what he's saying. How are all those hours of Rogan listening going? Does Spotify seem to have taken any action? Uh, Okay, so that says this interview has been edited and condensed for clarity and length. So I guess we'll just go into part of it here. Um, Hi, Alex. Thanks for taking the time to chat. My first obvious question, why are you so interested in Joe Rogan specifically? Alex Patterson, research research at Media Matters, this is what he says. I started regularly monitoring Joe Rogan's podcast beginning last year in 2020 when I had Abigail Schreier on a push on to push anti-trans rhetoric. She's an anti-trans journalist who used to work at the Wall Street Journal, and during that podcast, they compared being trans to joining a cult or cutting yourself through self-harm. After that, knowing that Joe Rogan's podcast is one of the most popular, if not the most popular, podcasts in the world, I wanted to track the rhetoric he's pushing on his show to help document how harmful it is to our society at large, particularly in this new year and as the pandemic has begun. Rogan has taken a clear lurch to the right and become a serial misinformer when it comes to COVID-19 misinformation, and we've been trying to document and limit the harms that he's trying to push into the world. So, like I say, there's, it's a a mentality thing that I think a lot of these journalists have, you know, they're all younger journalists, all your older journalists that actually used to report facts instead of the feelings part of it have all kind of gone into retirement or aren't even around anymore. So this has got to be the mentality that's coming through our higher education and colleges that are teaching these guys and gals and whoever to write this way. I mean, they see everything that anything on the other side as the enemy, basically. Okay. So the next question is you said you've been tracking him since 2020. How have you seen Rogan's rhetoric change in that time? I believe he's become more emboldened 
emboldened to push baseless conspiracy theories and right-wing lies over the past year. Since I started reporting on Rogan's podcast, he's broken into mainstream coverage fairly often, first with his lie about left-wing people starting wildfires in Oregon, and then again really prominently saying he would encourage healthy young people not to get vaccinated. Which I think statistically, which is what he was looking at, and with the doctors and everybody else that he had been talking to and brought on his show, says that, you know, the younger kids aren't getting sick. So why would you get them vaccinated? With now that we're learning more about the vaccination, is not really staying around that long to help people out that think they're vaccinated. And now we're pretty much all these people that thought they were vaccinated and were, you know, been told. So the misinformation has been more or less about the vaccine. It's, you know, it's going to end the pandemic. Well, guess what? It's making it actually worse because they think now that it's making COVID uh, transform into now we're the Omicron, you know, different variants faster, which a lot of, you know, virus doctors have said from the beginning, it's like, you know, this probably keep going you know, through all these changes until it's more of a weak, cold-like thing now. It won't be as deadly because it's going gonna, it's gonna to try and find a sweet spot where it can keep uh, the host alive, but it can keep pushing itself around the world, you know. So it's probably, it's going to be with us forever. That's pretty much what they're coming down to. Um, so to say that a lot of the stuff he's pushing is misinformation is coming from smart people that actually have, you know, are either doctors or they've studied this thing, they've been studying the statistics, and that's supposedly misinformation because it's not Fauciism. So, I mean, if they're saying that these people are cultists, he's kind of he's kind of right if they know anything about cults. <laughs> uh, let's see, so. Where was I here? Okay, yeah, so I think it's emboldened him to continue pushing hate and lies on his podcast just from listening to him every day. He's by no means remitting conspiracy theories and false rhetoric. Okay, what does he mean there? Just from just from listening to him every day, he's by no means remitting conspiracy theories and false rhetoric on his show. If anything, he's leaning into it more. He's celebrated in conservative spaces for it. He's a darling of the conservative right in the United States. That's a pretty bold statement. But like I say, if you you have a really left-leaning, progressive mindset, and and the thing with Joe Rogan, like like he's had all kinds of lefty-type people on there from his earlier days. And the more conservative-minded people he brings on to his show, and they explain their side of the aisle, it makes more sense. So that's why he is, and he still claims, you know, he's like, no, I'm still progressive on certain, you know, these other things, but more conservative in other things. So he's about half and half, if you ask me. But regardless, <clears throat> I know you and Media Matters more broadly cover the world, wider world of the right. So places like Fox and OAN, do you see any parallels between that world and Rogan's? Yeah, I completely see it as related. 
Rogan is someone who celebrates himself as being a so-called independent thinker who has both conservative and progressive values. And I think that perfectly illustrates our general media landscape's bend towards right-wing views and over-accommodating right-wing views and not challenging right-wing misinformation. So I think he plays a pretty central role in that landscape, and he's also deeply connected to the network of conservative media. He hosts Ben Shapiro. (gasps) He hosts Alex Jones. (gasps) He's a huge supporter of Tucker Carlson. (gasps) Who he knows is Fox News hate monger in chief. (laughs) See what I mean? You can tell by the way these people write this stuff that they just have contempt for anything from the other side. I think he plays a central role in the right-wing misinformation system. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't even know how much time I really want to spend on this article because I think you get pretty much the gist of it. And, I don't know. Oh, so I did look up this guy. Uh, let's see, where was he? I forgot what I just... Uh, I must have closed the page, dang it. All right, so... Uh, yeah, so part of the part of the problem was with Rogan and Spotify when uh, Spotify was trying to bring him over, you know, giving him roughly $100 million or whatever to bring his platform over to Spotify, which, you know, he's one of the highest rated podcasters around the world, as far as I understand. Um, so he's. Like I say, he's he's had plenty of. Different people on there. He also, you know, does comedy, so he he can say things that piss people off, especially on the left. But he's, you know, he's funny. He also has other comedians on there, and they all joke about stupid shit. Uh, you know, and it's, I don't know. I just don't understand what the fascination is. Like, it's it's a mental thing where they can't get past conservatism. Like, it's you have to be on this side or you're the enemy. And that's just the mentality, I think, that comes through our education system for the most part. So, anyways, I'm going to come back here after a quick break here and go over just some statistics on mental health from, what is this, the ourworldindata.org. And it has a mental health chart. And this is from all, uh, well, unfortunately, the data is from 2017 of what they're giving me here. But it goes through the depression, anxiety disorders, bipolar, you know, all the disorders, schizophrenia, uh, substance abuse, mental disorders from that stuff. And the, the numbers. And it's pretty astonishing how wide this is i mean this and these numbers are global populations with some with i'll break it down anyway so when we come back real quick like we'll go over those numbers okay so now we're going to go back to this data of uh, ourworldindata.org and like i say these are kind of older numbers it says from 2017 so I can only imagine that these numbers are quite a bit higher. So the disorder, um, so it has a bunch of columns here. So I'm just kind of going through this chart that I'm. it's showing. Uh, 
any mental health disorder. And it, the next column is the share of global population with disorder is a 10.7%. Um, for some reason, it has difference across countries in parentheses, whatever that's supposed to decipher. Um, number of people with the disorder is 792 million. And share of males and females with the disorder is 9.3% females, or no, 9.3 males, 11.9% females. So according to their statistics, females have got a higher rate of some kind of, you know, mental health disorder, which I don't, I don't disagree with that just due to the pressure that society puts on women, especially our younger girls these days with our social media apps, you know, and it's always, I think it was Chris Rock had some stand up on this. That was hilarious. And he asked the question to the audience. He's like, who is the most fake men or women? And then he, he waits for a minute, you know, as the crowd say, man, women, whatever. He's like, it's women. <laughs> and he's got a whole bit about it, but <laughs> he goes off about your eyelashes ain't that long. Your, you know, your face don't look like that. It's covered in makeup and, you know, kind of goes off. It's, it's hilarious, but, you know, it's kind of true in the same aspect that they've been pressured to think they have to look a certain way all the time. Uh, you know, won't go out side without putting their makeup and getting their hair done and stuff so they don't want anybody else to see them without all that stuff on and you know so i can see why these numbers would show women with a higher rate of these different disorders i mean it goes through depression anxiety bipolar uh depression 3.4 percent global population which uh number of people with the disorder 264 million 24 7% male, 4.1% females, so almost twice as high. Anxiety disorders, global population, 3.8%, roughly 284 million. 2.8% males, 4.7% females. Bipolar disorder is actually fairly low worldwide, 0.6%, but still equals 46 million. 0.55% males, 0.65% females. So pretty close between male and female as far as bipolar. Um, eating disorders. I probably think of. Well, actually, that's pretty low, too, actually, which is a good sign. 0.2% worldwide, 16 million. 0.13% uh, males, 0.29% females. So that's actually a good good number. Like I say, this is 2017, so these numbers are probably higher. Schizophrenia. 0.3% worldwide, 20 million, 0.26% are males, 0.25% are females, and any mental or substance use disorder is 13%. That's quite a bit higher. 970 million, 12.6% are males, 13.3% are females. Alcohol use disorder, 1.4%, which is 107 million. And this one is actually higher in males at 2% and only 0.8% in females, which that kind of don't surprise me either. And drug use disorder, excluding alcohol, is 0.9% worldwide, 71 million. 1.3% uh, males, 
0.6% females. So between alcohol and drug use on in a disorder is definitely more on the male side. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so the article kind of relating to this on the sidebar is in this entry, we so it's kind of describing how they've come up with this graph. Uh, so if you want to go and see it for yourself, ourworldindata.org. Um, and it got a big mental health. So backslash mental health, if that's what you want to specifically go to. In this entry, we present the latest estimates of mental health disorder prevalence and the associate, associated disease burden. Most of the estimates presented in this entry are produced by the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation and reported in their flagship Global Burden of Disease Study. For 2017, this study estimates that 792 million people lived with a mental health disorder. This is slightly more than 1 in 10 people globally. Mental health disorders are complex and can take many forms. The underlying sources of the data presented in this entry apply specific definitions, which we describe in each relevant section, typically in accordance with WHO's International Classification of Diseases. This broad definition incorporates many forms, including depression, anxiety, bipolar, eating disorders, and schizophrenia. Mental health disorders remain widely underreported. In our section on data quality and definitions, we discuss the challenges of dealing with this data. This is true across all countries, but particularly at lower incomes where data is scarcer and there is less attention and treatment for mental health disorders, which I do agree with that. Figures presented in this entry should be taken as estimates of mental health disorder prevalence. They do not reflect diagnosis data, which would provide the global perspective on diagnosis rather than actual prevalence differences, but are imputed from a uh, combination of medical, epidemiological data, surveys, and meta-regression remodeling where raw data is unavailable. Further information can be found has a link. Uh, to a different site. It is also important to keep in mind that uncertainty of the data on mental health is generally high, so we should be cautious about interpreting changes over time and differences between countries. I mean, so I mean, you're you're getting estimates basically on that chart, which is the best data they have data for. Um, let's see the data shown in this entry demonstrate that mental health disorders are common everywhere, improving awareness, recognition, support, and treatment for this range of disorders should therefore be an essential focus for global health. The table here provides a summary of the data, which follows on mental health and substance use disorders. Clicking on a given disorder will take you to the relevant section for further data and information. So it, they say the chart, you can click on the individual depression, anxiety, bipolar, whatever, and it'll break it down even farther, I guess. But like I say, this is older data, which is probably, you know, which a lot of these places only have data from a few years back. And then as they collect it, they update it. Um, so anyways, <clears throat> going on with mental health, uh, there was, I think just the other day, um, as an article from the Washington Examiner that Florida police arrest a university student with collapsible gun who threatened to enact a Columbine. So here's another problem we're getting with like just students. And I don't, I don't know what the mental state of a lot of our kids are these days. I, I don't think it's really great. You've got more, I would say 
parents uh, and their kids dissociation as far as being in acting with them because most parents are, you know, you got a lot of single family parents and you've also got two parents that work and it, you know, it's hard to fit in a lot of the time. I think for these groups to address their kids problems or help them with like homework and different things like that. Um, the, Everything just moves so much faster nowadays. Everything's instant, you know. I mean, like your your news feed, if you're on Facebook or any of those places, the news feed is like, you know, 20 seconds, and then there's all this new stuff because you got so many people on there at any one given time. Uh, and some of the stuff really not news, but that's the way it goes these days. So, I mean, luckily here, um, people seen something. Uh, this article says the police in Florida said they arrested a student Thursday. Okay. So yeah, just yesterday after he threatened to carry out a mass shooting in Embry riddle aeronautical university, John Haggins 19 was arrested outside his apartment after Daytona beach police said it received a tip for two from two other students who claimed Haggins told them on Snapchat that he wanted to enact a Columbine. A reference to the 1999 mass shooting at Columbine High School in Colorado, according to Chief Jakari Young. By the grace of God, those two students came forward and thwarted that plan, Young said at a press briefing. Um, so, like I say, you know, some kids seen something that looked suspicious. Either the kid was acting funny, too, you know, if he was a classmate. And luckily, that didn't end up being another Columbine. And I know now that, you know, this... Things like this that happen are going to cause the the left-wing people and the anti-gun people to go completely nuts and say, look, see, this is why we need to, you know, get rid of guns. Even though it's not the guns, there's the people behind the guns that have to make these things work. It's no different than that guy in Wakasher or whatever that town was, Wisconsin, that ran his vehicle through a parade running people over. It's a not caring about other human life. And the, the the tool that they use in these mentally disturbed people is what they want to focus on. And that's what a lot of people were talking about, that what happened with the SUV running over those people was that news reported it because it was a black man. They reported it as this vehicle ran all these people over, not this guy in the vehicle that was controlling it. And that is part of the the problem I think we are seeing with our mental health, especially here in the States. I mean, I can attest for it more here because I live in the States. But the media narratives pushing this to, to the people that watch this stuff and understand or don't understand that they're pushing an agenda rather than trying to educate people anymore. It's like I said, it's this new group. Like I've said before, if you've watched the Yuri Bezmanov thing, he talks about this. And we're we're there at that point. This generation of new air quotes journalists that are coming in are taught a certain way. I mean, you've seen all the interviews. They can go around these college campuses and ask kids different questions. And a good majority of them are going to answer whatever the question is more leaning to the left narrative. Because that's all they're taught. 
And unfortunately, instead of just, you know, higher education trying to get kids to think for themselves, come up with, you know, solutions to things, it's all, it's this way or no way. If you don't do this in my class, you're not going to pass. You know, it's unfortunately because it's our universities that are teaching our younger kids these things. And, you know, what, what is causing a lot of these kids to decide to pick up arms and go in and shoot fellow classmates and teachers and stuff like that? I have no idea, but it's got to be a mental, you know, function that's going, you know, stress, whatever is going on in these people's heads that is causing them to want to do this. Some of it, I think, in, in I've talked about this before, is the not teaching kids about weapons. I mean, you can play video games all you want and blame it on video games, but if, you, if the kids aren't mentally understanding that this stuff that you're doing online, you know, and your your main goal is to kill everybody else and be the winner, um, I can kind of see because they don't get taught the other side that, hey, look, gun safety and what these weapons will do once these bullets hit something. You know, they don't understand the destruction that these things can cause. And, or you know, in some cases, maybe they do, but it just doesn't quite sink in. I mean, if you don't actually know about guns, I mean, but you're taught a certain way about guns, like they're evil. I mean, if you even touch one or even see one, I mean, it freaks you out because you have realistically no idea how they work for the most part. And you can see that in a lot of media by the way they talk about guns. So, I mean, there's the, the mental aspect of this, I think comes a lot from just people not understanding. Um, like this, there's another article here recently. Uh, yesterday also was a teen found with a loaded AK-47 on a school bus after the driver smelled marijuana on the student. So this was in North Carolina. <clears throat> student was taken into custody Wednesday and charged with possessing a loaded AK-47 on school property in possession of marijuana after the scent of the drug caused the search that revealed the firearm. School bus driver carrying students from Northeastern High School, River Road Middle School, alerted an assistant principal that one of the students on board had a noticeably smell of marijuana when the students were getting off the bus at the middle school around 9.20 a.m. The school's resource officer was notified and conducted a search of the student. A pistol grip AK-47 with a loaded 30-round magazine of marijuana were discovered, according to the Daily Advance in Elizabeth City. Pas- Pasquatank County Sheriff Tommy Wooten Wooten said during a Wednesday press conference that the student, not named by Wooten because of age, faces juvenile petitions of felony and misdemeanor charges of possessing a firearm on school property, possession of marijuana with intent to sell and deliver, and carrying a concealed firearm and knife. So once again, luckily people were paying attention, didn't end up with another school shooting. And like I say, what is going on with our kids that's causing them to have these kind of mental breakdowns that they even come to a conclusion that it would be a good idea to go to school and take a loaded firearm of whatever caliber, whatever style it is, and shoot other students that they've gone to school with 
Um, like I say, there's a mental health breakdown. I know it, this has came up. I don't know how many times this came up before Trump got into office. He had brought it up even, I think. And it seems like it just gets blown over. You know, I mean, we, the amount of money we spend on other stupid crap that our politicians think that, you know, we got to spend money on or that people, I mean, mental health realistically gets passed over all the time. I don't think gets, you know, the attention it needs. I mean, and here, here's another, here's another case here. So Jesse Smollett, uh, the old, well, the ex actor from the TV show empire. I think everybody heard about this one. He was, uh, Supposedly out at like two o'clock in the morning in Chicago in a polar vortex, which was like freezing, freezing cold weather, uh, was attacked by two guys, which he hired, which has now been what's come out. But this whole time, he was faking it. The police found the two guys because they had video of this whole thing going down because they had actually, you know, he had staged it paid these guys uh they admitted all this stuff he still stuck with his claim that it was two maga white whitish looking guys threw a noose around his neck threw bleach on him and said this is maga country i mean it was like the stupidest thing you could ever even think of but for some reason in his mind he thought this was a good idea <laughs> and so had to go to had to go to court over this whole thing because it had taken a lot of police presence to investigate all this stuff. And like I say, mentally in his head, I don't know what's going on, but he th thought this was a great idea to fake his hate, a uh, fake hate crime against himself and to raise his celebrity profile. Basically. Um, like I say, there's so many things that are going on right now. Um, and there's other things that are coming that are going to probably hit people's, you know, there's another article about U.S. stocks jump as investors skirt inflation data showing prices raising at the fastest pace in 40 years. So if our goods and stuff are, are rising, I mean, anything you thought was a raise is basically getting wiped out and, you know, this hits, like I say, a lot of this stuff that government policy enacts is going to hit the middle and lower class people the hardest and the fastest. The richer people are going to be able to absorb this cost of increases for quite a bit longer. And, you know, it's the disconnect, I think, between Washington and the rest of the country. And even in other countries, the governments and the people that live in those countries, there's a disconnect. Those people live in a totally different world than the rest of us out here. I mean, you've seen in Australia, they're locking people up because you may have been in contact. I mean, I guess I can't say, well, I guess they're locking them up. They're putting them in these camps, I guess is what they've been called. Um, whether you tested positive for COVID or whether you've even been around somebody that had COVID, you're, you have to go to these camps. <laughs> well, 
which <laughs> makes no sense. I mean, I think the biggest thing is we just don't learn how to move to a different direction. Like if something's not working, the government officials, they double down on it instead of, okay, this isn't working. What other direction can we go in? But, you know, I, I mean, the state of Australia right now is, I think, a prime example of where the rest of the world doesn't want to go. But everybody seems to jump on the bandwagon when crap like this happens. You know, liberty be damned at this point because we're going to stop COVID. I mean, it's the stupidest thing that nobody course corrects on. And it makes no logical sense. And, you know, with, I mean, hate guns all you want, but there's a reason why the United States government doesn't do a lot of things because they know eventually we, we have more guns per capita than we have people. And like I said, I've said this before, if gun owners were a problem, the whole world would know about it. But, you know, the media decides they got to take all these little one-off shoots here and there of these kids that, you know, need help. They need mental health. Help. But they don't get it. And I don't know if this is like an outlet for them that they think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some notice here by going in and doing this because it'll be all over the news. You know, I'll be basically famous. And I, like I say, I don't know the mentality of these kids of why they would think that shooting up classmates and teachers and stuff like that is a good idea. But there's obviously got to be something off in their brain that causes them to think this way. And I don't know. It doesn't seem like anybody wants to go to the logical explanation, like we need to study this and figure out what's going on with our... Oh, oh crap. Here we go. Stupid dog. Hold on a minute. All right, I'm not quite sure where I was uh, before that little incident. <laughs> Dog decided to try and attack people that try and drop stuff off at our door, so that's what you get. It's raw here. Uh, good guard dog. Not real bright, though. <laughs> uh, I think I was talking about school kids. and. St oh, anyways, here's another story about a 12-year-old. Uh, that was had brought different things to school, like weapons. So a 12-year-old. So, I mean, like I say, this, this is going down the list of, in ages of kids. I mean, things that you think they would know by now, other than unless they've got something going on in their head. They're, you know, frustration and different things that I think that, you know, societally, uh, online, whatever's going on that's causing these younger kids to be stressed out about different things. There's, there's nobody that's really addressing this cause. So we're starting to see like an uptick of this going on. I mean, and then we've got, it's a blue thing and a red thing here in the United States between Republicans and Democrats. Republicans have essentially mostly kept States open and running normal. Uh, certain areas still have mask mandates though, even in the red States. Um, I think the mask thing, though, is becoming a psychological thing towards not just kids, but people in general, to where they are 
if they see somebody like people that believe in the mask that their work they work one thousand percent whatever they believe that if they see somebody with a mask that's partially down or don't have a mask on and they're in these places where they are mandated they feel it's their duty to you know make a fit about it that you know they're killing them or something i don't know like say there's a major psychological thing going on even with this mask stuff and if you're not vaccinated or whatever you know most people just want to they're they're done with this covid thing it's like it's a pretty high percentage that you are going to survive it if you catch it a pretty high percentage that you're not going to be hospitalized from it unless you've got other problems so if you have other problems then it's probably better to get the vaccine because it's better than not having anything and it's better than catching the virus but there's a mental thing that's going on that you've got to do what they say or nothing's going to work which this is an airborne virus i hate to say it but it's going to go wherever it wants to go wearing these masks that essentially 99.9% of them are dust masks that people are wearing, uh, whether or not they're changing them out regularly uh, is another problem. But an airborne virus that is smaller particle-wise than what these masks are allowing in and out of them, uh, it's a false sense of security. So, but I mean, like I say, it, it's a, turning into a psychological disorder now that if people aren't wearing these things, there's something wrong with you. And then on the other side, it's like, why are these people wearing these? There's something wrong with them. So it's it's not a it's not a win win situation either side of this aisle. Um, but like I say, it, something needs to be done with our kids, especially. I don't believe that they should be forced to wear masks at school. Um, if anything. It's causing some of these psychological problems. Um, so I think we're going to see an uptick in it, especially since it seems like nobody wants to address it. So I don't know. And that's not just just problems that are going on here in the States. Uh, they're talking now that Afghanistan's on the verge of collapse. So I can imagine what the psychological problems are going on with those people over there with uh, you know ISIS and different extremist groups that are basically just going in there beating people up, killing people you know if they don't agree with them. Uh, there's got to be a lot of psychological stress going on over there as well. But anyway, so, so I was watching I'm gonna <laughs> go to something else. I started watching a, a Netflix uh, show about flat earthers. And kind of going into this mental health thing. Um, I've only got halfway through it. I didn't get to finish it last night. I got tired and decided to go to bed. But I'm going to finish it probably tonight. But it's it's kind of mind-bending. I mean, a lot of these people seem to have all these major conspiracy. You know, everybody is a conspirator that's trying to trick everybody into thinking the earth is round and NASA never went to the moon. Uh, and there's all these different sects of these flat earthers. So, you know, these people believe in this, but not in this, you know, there's no single group of them that all kind of believe the same ideology. 
Uh, I mean, they've, they've drawn up, you know, flat earth models to offset the globe. <laughs> you know, like this has just been a conspiracy that they've put these in our classrooms and they've taught us these things our whole lives that the, the earth is round, but they can't prove it. It's just like, well, you don't want to believe the proof they're giving you. You know, like where we live in a dome, this ginormous dome. <laughs> it's it's actually kind of fascinating to watch it and to try and figure out, you know, what's really going on in these people's heads. But a lot of them are pretty twitchy people. I mean, they're like, they've got to have some kind of, I'm not going to just say drug or alcohol problem, but something mentally that you can just tell by looking at them and watching their body language that something's not quite all there. Uh, there, I don't remember what the heck the guy's name was that, uh, there's like this really big guy. That's a YouTube guy and stuff that he, he is essentially just by watching him and the way he, he preaches this flat earth stuff. He's a cult leader. <laughs> I mean, he literally is a cult leader. Uh, God, I wish I could figure out what his name was. Um, okay. So this, this one, it's, it's a Netflix documentary. Uh, it's called behind the curve and it, it mostly follows this guy they call Sergeant. And he's the one that is explaining about all this flat earth stuff and the conspiracy, you know, and the claims that the earth is round. Um, but the other guy, uh, it's it's like a battle between him and this other guy that's like thinks he's the king flat earther guy and because he's not and this guy's gaining traction you know in social media and different places that he tries to dis debunk this guy <laughs> as being the king flat earther or whatever you know it's crazy <laughs> uh but hopefully i'm gonna finish watching the rest of that tonight and you know like i say it's it's a total psychological thing but i don't know like i say they try and say oh look i can look clear over here across the so this guy lives in seattle the guy they call sergeant um that is his name oh, i can't find it now Anyways, it's interesting. If, if you have Netflix, it's definitely one to go watch just to, I don't know, I get, get a perspective from what these people are thinking. <laughs> it's actually just, it's just fascinating to even, I mean, I guess just watch it. Uh, anyways, that's probably about all I'm going to come up with today. Do your own research. Uh Definitely don't use Google for the most part if you can help it because they are scrubbing any kind of information that, like I say, goes against the, the left-wing progressive narrative. I use DuckDuckGo. It'll, it's amazing the different amount of search results you will get from a search engine that's non-biased. So just do your own research on all this stuff. I mean, the mental health thing, it, it's a crisis that's going to get worse especially with economies getting worse around the world, especially here in the States. And unfortunately, it is mostly caused by, once again, I know I rail on this all the time, bad government and bad government policy. 
Uh, and this goes, especially here in the States, between Republicans and Democrats, basically thinking that we can spend our way out of debt. And I don't know of any country or any person that has successfully been able to pull that off. But, you know, these are the people that we deem as the smart people that are college educated. Most of them are lawyers and different things like that, that are basically digging a hole that we are all going to get buried in. But hey, all I can say is we can change it. We can between our governments and us. Especially here in the states, we still, as far as last time I checked, are a constitutional republic, not a democracy. We are a democracy. This is a threat to our democracy. A threat to the democracy that these people that are claiming we're a democracy is people saying you're an idiot. Uh, that's the threat to them. Like I say, it's another mental thing that they can't get over. And that's what polarizes everybody so much one side or the other. But all I can say is we we just got to keep you know working through this. Take, I guess, the less violent way of trying to describe to people. I know a lot of people don't want to hear the other side, but we got to get someplace in the middle instead of this way far left and way far right ideas. I mean, there's just some things that shouldn't be passed, and there's some things that maybe need to get passed, but tweaked a little bit so it's more forgiving to both sides but i guess we'll see time will come when either something's going to go really bad or it's all going to unfold and we're going to set back on the right course hopefully that's the uh, what's going to be happening and that's pretty much all i'm going to bore you with today uh or at least for this week's episode hope everybody has a good week like I say if you can send in an email to the Nelson show 2021 at outlook.com. Uh, give me some business ideas. I definitely will give free plugs to whoever wants to send it in, send me the information. If not, I guess I'll just keep looking up companies and going with that, whether they want the sponsorship or not. <laughs> uh, everybody have a good rest of the day, weekend, whatever's coming up and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening.